Chapter 14. The Secret Science of Fulfilling Your Potential. Emotional Regulation. Warning. This short chapter is science heavy, but I will guide you through it and try to make it as easy as possible to understand. One of the big differences with tougher minds and the journey to becoming a habit mechanic is that cutting-edge science is the foundation of our work. If you understand the scientific underpinnings of the habit building techniques you learn in this book, they will be more powerful in helping you and those around you make lasting, beneficial changes. Here we go. The scientific name I prefer to use to describe hacking is emotional regulation. Effective emotional regulation underpins all aspects of well-being and high performance. Getting good at it is central to becoming a habit mechanic. Professor Barbara Fredrickson's work persuaded me that emotions are immediate biological signals that command us to act. This means emotions drive attention and attention drives learning. Emotions demand your attention and therefore drive what you learn to get good at, for better or for worse. Emotional regulation is the engine that drives your abilities to learn. If you want to win the learning war, the first thing you need to focus your learning superpower on is improving emotional regulation. Both helpful and unhelpful emotional regulation brain regions can be strengthened with practice. So we can all learn how to get worse at regulating our emotions. The good news is, you have already begun improving your emotional regulation skills and habits by using habit mechanic tools. For example, daily tea plan, daily three to one reflection, the ape brain test. To see a visual of a neural map of emotional regulation systems, please refer to figure 14.2 in the accompanying PDF. To learn how these brain circuits change with focused practice, check out Professor Richard Davidson's research and Dr. John Arden's work. I have studied with Dr. Arden. Fast and slow emotional regulation. Insights about the specific neural circuitry involved in emotional regulation have revealed that emotional regulation operates on a continuum. Conscious, effortful and controlled regulation is at one end of this. This is called explicit emotional regulation or slow emotional regulation. On the other end of the continuum is unconscious and possibly effortless regulation. This is called implicit emotional regulation or fast emotional regulation. Both fast or implicit and slow or explicit systems work together to regulate emotions. Most importantly, this means we can automate some elements of emotional regulation, or in other words, turn it into helpful habits. Don't worry if this still feels intangible, because understanding the specifics of the science is not essential for learning how to get good at managing your emotions and becoming a habit mechanic. We'll now consider emotional regulation in more practical terms. Proactively manage your emotions. Emotions arise from a combination of your thoughts and feelings. The first step to managing your emotions 
is being more aware of them. We know Hugh's horribly unhelpful emotions. First instinct is to use the lighthouse searchlight to seek out and dwell on threats and problems. But we are not always fully aware when and why this is happening. So negative emotional states can last for longer than necessary. To deal with this more effectively, we can use willpower to help us self-watch. For example, at the end of every day, we might take a few moments to think about our thoughts and feelings, emotions, and whether they are helping us be our best. If they are not, we can take action. Successfully regulating your emotions might take some time, but if you are proactive, you will do it faster and waste less time dwelling on unhelpful thoughts. You can take more responsibility for managing your emotions. Christina Vogel is a former record-breaking German cyclist. She won two gold medals and a bronze at the Olympic Games and 11 world titles. She was a genuine global sports star and champion. Unfortunately, at age 27, she suffered serious spinal and chest injuries in a training accident at her home velodrome in Kotzbus, Germany. The incident in June 2018 left her paralysed. Christina will never walk again. In the aftermath of the accident, she explained her feelings in an article on the BBC Sport website. I realised quickly I would not walk again, she said. Tears will not help. It is what it is. I am ready to take on this challenge and make the best of it. In a news conference at the Berlin hospital where she was treated, Vogel described to the BBC the moments following the crash. I said, breathe, breathe, breathe. And then I checked, she said. Then I saw where I lay, how I was. When my shoes were off, I knew that was it with the walking. Asking why me does not bring you any further. I want to get back into life, not depend on a lot of help. I must use this strength I had in competitions for life. In 2019, Christina Vogel gave a follow-up interview to the BBC. This was done by British cycling great Sir Chris Hoy. In a supporting article on the BBC Sport website, Hoy wrote about Vogel's take on a situation. He explained how the German told him This is the toughest challenge ever. But what do you do? Lie in bed and do nothing each day? Or take it on and achieve what you can? Christina also said, I'm still happy to be here and my situation could have been worse than it is. It could be that I have no movement in my arms. Sir Chris also outlined how Christina talked about having new goals and new things you can look forward to in life. She talked about how lucky she felt to have support from all around the world to help get an adapted car, a new wheelchair, and a new house that is going to be a bungalow with wider door frames and better access. This is what we might call a world champion example of somebody taking responsibility for what they can control and regulating their emotions. In other words, doing their best to be their best.
Vogel successfully reappraised the meaning of a life-changing accident. She began to think about how things could have been worse and looked for benefits. She asked how she could adapt her personal goals and she identified what sporting opportunities she still had. Just like Christina, you can also learn to think about your life circumstances in a much more helpful way. How to start regulating your emotions. There is another useful way of understanding your emotions. Psychologists use a tool known as the Positive and Negative Affect Schedule, or PANAS, to help people monitor and measure their emotions and mood in a given situation. The PANAS emotions are shown in figure 14.3 of the accompanying PDF. This shows the PANAS emotions organised as main emotions and subcategory emotions, as detailed on the PANAS questionnaire. I will use the PANAS emotions to explain an example emotional journey after a stressful experience and show how we can take more control over our emotions than we imagine. An example of successful emotional regulation. Imagine going into a peer review meeting at work. You are very confident. You've been telling your friends and family you'll receive an increase. But in the meeting, you are told otherwise. This is a major disconnect between what you expected and what actually happened. Hugh's natural response is to make you angry. Then you might start to feel guilty for letting people down. No new house for your family. You're planning to move to a better school district. Then you get fearful. Will your family think you've let them down? The above response is natural. If you think back to the lighthouse brain model, you will remember that Hugh's first instinct is to dwell on threats and problems. However, you can intervene. Step one. You can use your willpower. First, you can use it to notice these unhelpful thoughts and feelings. This will shift your emotional focus from fear to being more attentive to the fact that you are dwelling on the negatives. By doing this, you are stepping back and using perspective, which makes refocusing and reframing your thoughts easier. Step two. Then you can use your willpower to look for beneficial aspects in what has happened. For example, you now know what to do to get a pay rise next year. Or you can see that a different workplace is more suitable for you. You start to feel excited about the future. You realise you can make your family proud after this setback. You start to feel much stronger. This may happen over days or weeks. The key is to proactively manage your thoughts and deliberately pay attention to more helpful ones. I will show you how in chapters 22 and 23. Doing this will help you manage your emotions and thinking and take more control over your life. This is the essence of successful emotional regulation and central to becoming a habit mechanic. When we encounter a stressful situation, we cannot avoid feeling stressed. But habit mechanics recognise that they do have some level of control over their emotional states and they definitely have more control over them than anybody else. Me power conditioning 
deliberately working towards being our best empowers us to do our best to be our best. Habit mechanics take responsibility for doing this. Proactively shifting your attention from unhelpful to helpful thoughts will save you time. Instead of spending weeks dwelling, you could deal with negative emotions in a day, an hour, or even minutes. This makes it much easier to achieve your health, happiness, and performance goals. If it is helpful, take a moment to make a few notes about or think about how good you are at noticing and managing your unhelpful emotions. If you manage people, take a moment to make a few notes about or think about how good you are at noticing and managing their unhelpful emotions. How will improving my emotional regulation make me happier? What is happiness? My understanding of what it means to be happy is drawn from two broad schools of thought. One is called the hedonic approach. This focuses on achieving a state of happiness via experiencing positive emotions by pursuing pleasure, doing things that make you feel good in the short term and avoiding pain, boredom and stress. The other is called the eudaimonic approach. This focuses on delaying short-term gratification in pursuit of bigger, more meaningful goals. This sometimes means experiencing negative but helpful emotions. For example, pain, boredom and stress. This could mean, for example, resisting the desire to check your phone so you can focus on writing your book. Or, defying Hugh's desire to watch the next episode of your favourite TV show so you can get to bed on time, or making yourself do your daily, weekly and monthly planning and reflection exercises, even though it is not always that enjoyable and there are other things your Hugh would prefer to do. For simplicity, we will refer to the hedonic approach as pleasure and to the eudaimonic approach as habit mechanic development. To achieve happiness, first we need our brain to be working well. Therefore, we need good sleep, diet and exercise habits. We will cover this in chapter 19. And to have positive personal relationships, think about the P perceived in ape. Then we need to strike a balance of both pleasure and habit mechanic development. Why is striking this balance difficult? Hugh can have a profoundly negative impact on how engaged, fulfilled and satisfied you feel with life. The problem is that the activities we engage in to pursue pleasure, the hedonic part of the happiness equation, can be very rewarding for Hugh, meaning that we can become addicted to them and they can become unhelpful habits. By addiction, I mean that we continue to engage in behaviours even though they are having negative consequences on our health, happiness and being our best. For example, you know that checking your phone as regularly as you do is not good for you, but you can't stop yourself. The trouble is that the states of pleasure we derive from these experiences disappear quickly and our happiness returns to levels it was at 
prior to the experience, or worse still, even lower. So, wanting to feel good, pleasure, all the time, is leading to lots of people feeling happy for short periods, but deeply unsatisfied for most of the time. Also, wanting to feel good, pleasure, all the time, is not always compatible with great sleep, diet and exercise habits, and great relationships with other people. What will make you happier? To sustain feelings of happiness, we must also challenge ourselves to grow by becoming habit mechanics. This means we will experience the highs and lows of pushing ourselves to our limits. We will expose our weaknesses but also discover our strengths. People who engage in this type of purposeful development experience flourishing and higher levels of well-being. The challenge is that Hugh is incentivized to do things that help you stay alive, focus on what important people think about you and conserve energy. So pushing and challenging ourselves to grow can be difficult because not all of the work you will do to become a habit mechanic will give you immediate gratification. You will have to expose your weaknesses and fail from time to time. None of these ideas are appealing to Hugh, so it resists. Is being unhappy addictive? Hugh can become addicted to pursuing pleasure, hedonic states, and it can compel you to avoid habit mechanic development activities, eudaimonia. This is because challenging yourself to do better can expose your weaknesses. So Hugh talks you out of engaging in challenging developmental processes or talks you into giving up and then beats you up for failing or not trying at all. So pursuing happiness is one thing, but achieving a good balance of pleasure and habit mechanic development is another. I believe the best way to strike a pleasure habit mechanic development balance is by developing our emotional regulation skills and habits. In other words, becoming a habit mechanic. This makes managing cue and becoming truly happy much easier. How can I improve my emotional regulation skills? For the remainder of the book, I'm going to show you how to strengthen your abilities to regulate your emotions. I will do this by showing you how to analyze your habits and build more helpful ones for improved work-life balance, habit mechanic intelligence, motivation, stress management, sleep, diet and exercise, confidence, performance under pressure, focus and productivity, and leadership. Do you want to practice regulating your emotions right now? Use the daily tea plan or daily three to one reflection I introduced earlier. To learn more simple and practical emotional regulation tools, keep listening. I call these habit mechanic tools. I think of habit mechanic tools like bicycle stabilizers. They are designed to help you learn how to become a habit mechanic. The more skilled you become and the more helpful habits you develop, the less reliant you will be on your habit mechanic tools. But the tools will always be there to fall back on when you notice your habits slipping and during the more challenging periods of your life.
Congratulations, you have now completed step two. Before you move on to step three, please take a moment to notice in the habit mechanic language and tools list everything you have learned so far. You are doing great. Habit mechanic language and tools covered in step two. Core language, lighthouse brain, a simple model to help you understand the gist of how your brain works so you can begin to improve your thinking. Hue, horribly unhelpful emotions. An imaginary character who lives in your brain who can make you worry and make it difficult for you to be your best. Wilhelmina power or willpower, an imaginary character who lives in your brain who can help you manage Hugh. Ape, alive, perceived, energy, brain. An easy acronym to help you understand your survival brain or limbic regions of the brain. Hack, helpful, attention, control brain. An easy acronym to help you understand your prefrontal cortex. Self-watching, reflecting and thinking about yourself in a focused and systematic way. Me Power Wish List, a list of all the small new helpful habits you would like to build. Hedonism, pleasure. This focuses on seeking, short-term gratification and immediate rewards. Eudaimonia, habit mechanic development. This focuses on delaying short-term gratification and sometimes enduring pain, boredom and stress in order to develop yourself, grow and achieve big, meaningful goals. Self-reflection tools. Eight brain test. A quick self-watching exercise to help you reflect on your helpful and unhelpful habits. Please refer to figure 14.4 in the accompanying PDF to see how your habit mechanic intelligence igloo is building up.